Welcome into the Step to the Mic podcast. Chris Miles, Ted Jeffries here, uh, and our special guest, Malcolm Brogdon. They call him the president because, look, I covered him when he was at UVA, and he is hands down one of the most intelligent athletes that I've ever covered, man. Uh, Malcolm, great to talk to you today. Two-time ACC Defensive Player of the Year, member of the 50-40-90 club in the NBA for his elite shooting, uh, rookie of the year. So many honors to tag on to your name. But uh, one of the reasons we're speaking to you today is the stuff you've done off the court, man. That's why we call you the president. Tell us exactly what you're doing now in, in trying to deliver clean water around the world. So, you know, I've, I've you know, thank you for having me on today. Um, excited to talk to y'all. But, you know, my efforts off the court have really been around water. Um, I started a nonprofit. I started a water initiative called Hoops 2.0. Um, that was focused on delivering clean water um, in the form of in the form of clean water wells in East Africa, Tanzania. Um, you know, did a lot of wells, raised um, hundreds of thousands of dollars with um, you know eight or nine other NBA players that I recruited to be on the team with me. Two of which are Joe Harris and Justin Anderson. Um, so those guys have been huge. I wouldn't be able to do it without them. Um, but now I'm in the process uh, of of starting my own foundation and bringing Hoops 2.0 under my wing. Um, under my foundation, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I have exciting partnerships in the work. Um, I, I just want to expand it. I want to continue to do good work. I want to take it all over Africa, not just East East Africa. Um, it's just, you know, it's 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 my baby. It's something I'm super excited about. Fantastic. Hey, Malcolm. You, you know, you talked about two of your former teammates. Let's take it back for a second, uh, and let's talk about your time in Charlottesville, Virginia. You and I both share. Yeah, that 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 common that common ground. Talk about your experiences at UVA, how you got there, you know, and and your four year experience there. For sure, you know, I was I was very under recruited in in high school. Um, I think I went to a tournament, a big Nike tournament called Peach Jam, and that's where Coach Bennett really discovered me, Coach Bennett and Coach McKay. Um, after right after that tournament, they offered me a scholarship, and for me, honestly, after talking to both of them, it was a no brainer. Um, I really connected with Coach McKay. I really connected with Coach Bennett um, and, you know, went to, you know, I was always looking for a school that was, uh, you know, I could get exposure. I could possibly go to the NBA, but I could get a really good education. That's really important to me and my family. Um, and UVA offered that balance. Ended up going to UVA, um, actually got injured at the end of my freshman year, had to redshirt and set out my second year. Um, and it really allowed me to, you know, dive deeper into my academics, my education. Um, so it allowed me to, enter a master's program in my third year, apply. I got in my fourth year um, and, you know, I had a fifth year. I was thinking about leaving after my fourth year, but I had a fifth year and, you know, I I came out, I talked to who was my agent now. He advised me to go back to school. Um, So I finished my master's degree in that fifth year and then I got drafted in the second round to the Bucks. So when you talk about that time when you're being under-recruited, who were some of the other schools? And if I remember correctly, I want to say it was a few, at least a few of the Ivy League schools that were chasing you. Uh, you had opportunities to go to, and that, in part, is the other part of what you talked about: the importance of education. Because I know your mom, as sweet as she is, was also very, very strong on the education side, making sure that you got the best possible education. Do you talk about some of the other schools that you were considering before UVA? Absolutely. You know, I, I before UVA came on board. I had Harvard, I had Vanderbilt, um, Clemson, and then I, you know, uh, the two mid-majors that were after me at the very beginning were VCU and Wichita State. Um, My first, you know, really unofficial visit was Wichita State, 
and I was really considering those before I went to the Peach Jam tournament. Um, but after that, you know, Harvard, these schools were really on me, and then Virginia stepped into the picture. So it was, you know, really a high caliber of, of education I would have received at um, a lot of those schools. And at that point, when I had all those good options in terms of an educational sort of foundation, I had to pick the best balance. Fantastic. So um, now we're at UVA. You are thriving. I, I remember when you first got there your first year and you were, we were, you know, you and I used to talk just a little bit while I was you know, doing, the, doing the radio broadcast for UVA and you were battling through your foot injury, which was a very severe injury. Um, talk about the intestinal fortitude that you had to have because potentially that was a career ending injury uh, to your foot. Uh, depending on how things happen after your uh, after your surgery, talk about your mentality on getting back uh, to the court. Absolutely, you know I hurt my foot right before we entered the NCAA tournament. Uh, my rookie, my freshman season at UVA, um, went to Bob Anderson, like the best you know foot ankle surgeon in the in the country, um, and he told me you know people this is a navicular fracture. Athletes rarely come back from this. When they do, they don't come back to an elite level. So hopefully this bone will heal a little bit. It usually doesn't. The blood circu circulation there supply is low. Um, but, you know, it, it, you can come back and play college ball. You just might not be what you used to be. That bone ended up healing. Um, I ended up, you know, from the moment Dr. Anderson told me that, I took it on as a challenge. I honestly didn't realize how much was out of my control in terms of the body healing itself. That was stuff I wasn't going to control. But God healed that bone for me. And luckily, I chose UVA. And I didn't realize my biggest asset at UVA would be Mike Curtis, the strength coach. He's phenomenal. He, he, really, he really took me under his wing. Um, he coached me through the whole thing. He did my physical therapy. He did literally everything for me. Uh, we were working out, you know, two, three times a day, uh, six, seven in the morning before the guys got on the court every day. Um, you know, I spent hours and hours with him. We corrected my diet. He literally did everything for me. I couldn't have done it without him. Um, so to this day, we're extremely close. He pro he's probably the closest, you know, friend, mentor, um, sort of big brother I, I had and I still have from UVA. Um, but, you know, the, a culmination of, you know, hard work, discipline, having Coach Curtis there, um, that's what really got me through. Um, but there were, man, there were some tough days. There were days where I did not want to get out of the bed because that foot was hurting so bad. And there are days where you just have to trust, you know, whoever you're listening to, which for me it was Coach Curtis saying, look, it's going to hurt. This is something you're not going to make it worse. You can push through this. And those are the days that I think, you know, I would take huge, huge leaps and bounds. Um, just trusting it, trusting God, trusting sort of my plan. And, um, you know, it, it ended up working out beautifully. It ended up being a great learning experience for me and really molding me as an athlete and as a person. When I, when I hear you say your body take leaps and bounds and being able to get back onto the court, you know, congratulations to you on that and the career that you're having. But when I think about the UVA program from when Tony Bennett took over to when you came on campus in your group and to where they are now as national champions, I'm just amazed to see it all come together. How much pride do you take in being part of that group that went to, you know, you had the most wins that the program had had in 17 years and to see where they've taken it now as national champions? Man, I'm extremely proud. You know, a lot of people come up to me, they come up to Justin and Joe and they say, man, you guys, uh, this is, you know, part of this championship is you guys. I don't really believe that. I believe we, you know, we, we built, the way a little bit 
um, and, and help turn the program around. But what these guys have been able to accomplish since I've left has been, you know, uh, nothing short of amazing. Um, but really, for me, it's, it's awesome to see Coach Bennett get what he's, what he's gotten. He's worked so hard. He's so diligent. He's been such a, um, I think, honestly, a good person and a great leader um, to, to the players and to everybody within UVA. And um, to see it pay off after years of struggling, after years of getting put out by Michigan State, after years of, you know, all these tests and challenges that, he, that each year we've faced, um, it's been awesome to watch for him. Ted, you know, Malcolm just said something I want you to chime in on, too, as being a guy that's around at UVA program. So I want to hear from both you guys on this. The first time that I, I met Tony Bennett, you know, he didn't have the, the cachet that he has now. He's just gotten a job. And I thought, man, if I was a player right now being recruited, this is the guy that I play. And I talk to, you know, coaches all the time. I'm like, he's going to turn this thing around quickly. What is it that you think, Ted, about Tony Bennett that that – gives him that kind of presence because I can't really put my finger on it. You know, my being my time being around Coach Bennett, what I saw is a fierce competitor. Uh, somebody who looked at this opportunity to one, compete at the highest level in college basketball against some of the greatest. I mean, we've got what, three, at least three Hall of Famers, uh, Hall of Fame coaches in that conference. Coach K, Roy Williams, uh, Jim Behan. And to his credit, He's gotten into uh, the ACC and has taken the league by storm. And a part of that has been by recruiting phenomenal guys that are under-recruited, like Malcolm Brogdon, and taking them in each, you know, to look at all of his players. Each one of them, and a sign of a great coach, is their improvement year by year. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon talked about, you know, you know his, his progression during – uh, his years at UVA, Mike Toby, another guy who had had improved during the time, um, you know, in his career. Each one of his guys have come in. Some of them higher, higher, more highly recruited than, than others, but you see the improvement. Um, so, you know, that's always a good sign as a guy who got recruited and got a chance to see you want to look at, all right, is he going to make me a better player? Is he going to make me a better person? Without a shadow of a doubt, if you can, if, if, if there's any consistent quality about Coach Bennett is how he stands up as a person. And if I'm a parent and my son, who I hope goes to UVA, um, got a chance to play for a guy like Tony, Tony Bennett, who's, you know, his fabric of who he is, is as solid and, and unblemished as they come. I would love to have a guy like Tony Bennett coach my son, and I would have loved to play for him. Yeah, Malcolm, uh, same to you, I guess. When you first – you said that as soon as you met Coach Bennett and Coach McKay, who – I mean, he did a great job at Liberty, uh, covered him too when Seth Curry was there, then he UVA, went back to Liberty. I mean, what is it exactly about those guys that you were like, no-brainer, I have to go play for them? I think it's, uh, you know, exactly what Ted was talking about. It's their fabric. Um, these are guys that haven't had scandals. These are guys that uh, are family men. Um, you know, they – you talk to the players that have been there and they still talk to them. They have great relationships with them. You look at their track record of where they've been and what they've done. And um, these guys have high character. And that was really important. As you, you know, look deeper um, under the hood at college basketball and all these coaches, there's a lot of dirt that goes around. There's a lot of coaches you thought were ethical that are paying players. Coach Bennett has never done that. He's won the right way. And um, at the, you know, at its very core, that's someone that I've always wanted to play for and something that I value. And when I have kids, I'm going to find a coach like that um, 
that can, you know, be a be a role model, be a good leader for my for my kids. You got there, and I remember talking to the, the coaching staff. Jason Williford is a former teammate of mine, and I asked him, Orlando Vandross, you know, I've known Orlando for quite some time as well. And I remember asking him in your first year, I said, what's the identity of this team? Where does the toughness come from? And each one of them, separate conversations, said Malcolm Brogdon is going to be that toughness that we need to help lead this team. Now, now you go back, and it's a revisionist history. You get a chance to look at your – your career, you, you know, your jersey is retired in the Raptors, one of only a few handful, and you are now one of the elite players that ever come through the program. Was that a part of your mission? Was it to be one of the best to ever come through UVA? Or what was, what was your focus when you got there? My focus when I got there was to prove that I, I belonged. I think that's everybody, every college guy, unless you're the number one pick coming out of high school. I think that's your focus to prove you belong at the college level, especially in the ACC and the elite level. Um, but once I realized I belong, after I came back from my injury, my mind, my body, everything of my spirit, everything about me was transformed. I had a new appreciation for the game. I was on a different skill level. I was on a different level mentally than I felt like everybody else on my team. I felt like that injury sort of catapulted me forward in every different way I, I you know, I needed. Um, but um, it was never a goal for me, accolades and all that stuff. It wasn't. Um, as I went along, as I got better and better, um, I honestly realized my potential to go to the NBA. That was when I, after my, after my second season, which was my third year at UVA, I realized I could be an NBA player. And that immediately came the overarching goal. I got to get to the league. And it, depend, and it, it doesn't matter how I do it, I got to get there. And I know we have to win by doing that. Um, but then as you have a better career and as you keep going and the team wins, when you put the team and winning first, which I did, that's when all the accolades and all the other stuff falls into place. Um, and I just continued to work. My goal in college and my goal now, my goal every day that I've been a basketball player in high school has been to outwork everybody. I remember in high school, Austin Rivers was the number one player in my class, and he was my motivation during my training sessions. I'd wake up, I'd be in the gym at 6 a.m., I'd be with my trainer and all I could think about was what's Austin doing right now? Is he outworking me? There's not going to be anybody in the country that outworks me. And I remember telling Coach McKay that when, you know, when I was at UVA. No one, because he couldn't figure out why I was working, that, like I worked. I'd say, no one's going to outwork me. I'm not going to let him. Because I know if I put in the work now, it's going to pay off. It's just a matter of time. Well, obviously it paid off. And I think, you know, watching you play in college and then seeing you in the pros when you join that 50, 40, 90 club, for those that don't understand what that is, that means for an entire season, you shoot 50% from the field, 40% from three-point range, 90% from the free throw line. Did you understand where you were headed during that season? You know, and you had already won rookie of the year, so congrats on that. But did you, did you see that as a goal and to try to stay on those percentages or were you just trying to play your best basketball? I was trying to play my best basketball. I mean, I was so focused last year. In your contract year in the NBA, you're, everything's on the line. If you have an injury, that's really going to hurt your money. If you um, have a slump of 10 games where you're not shooting the ball well, that literally can – you're losing a couple million dollars at least. Um, so I was so focused, so locked in, and I knew my role on the floor. When you're playing with a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know your role is minimized. He's going to take up so much of the scoring, so much of the assisting, so much of everything. So your role is simplified. All I had to do was knock down threes. I, I had it simplified. Every game I went in, I got to make my free throws. Those are the easiest points I'm going to get tonight. Make my free throws, 
make my open shots. When Giannis passes, it's time to shoot the ball and make my open shots. And then it sort of fell into it fell into that. It, the game is so simple with Giannis. And after leaving the Bucks, I realized it. 50-40-90 is, you know, a, a, an extremely hard task. And, um, you know, I couldn't have done it without Giannis and playing on that team. Um, but, you know, it, it's a – it, it's part of what has propelled me to, to be able to do what I'm doing with the Pacers. Okay. From everything you just said there, I have like five questions. So I'm going to try to focus it on one or two here. I was surprised. I'll just say it when the Bucks signed Eric Bledsoe from my perspective, covering the league, I'm like, wait, does that mean Malcolm is going to have to leave in the off season? Did you guys have that discussion midway through the season? Was that just something in the off season? Because to me, you were the perfect Giannis fit, is what I would call it, as a guy that plays excellent defense, can shoot the lights out. I thought you were the perfect fit with him, and to see you go, I was a little surprised by that, but obviously you got the, the contract that you deserved in Indiana. So take us through that process when you knew that you would have to go elsewhere. Uh, to me, it was when they signed Eric Bledsoe to his extension. I didn't see the money being there for you. That was exactly what happened. So, um, you know, my agent told me, look, it's going to come down to you and Bled. So they know you want it. We've articulated them that you want to play point guard um, and that you'd be a better fit for it. But, you know, it's going to be up to them who they pay, whoever they pay first. The other one's going to, you know, either take less money to stay or have to leave and go find a different situation to get more money. And they signed Bled. So I remember I woke up. Um, we were in L.A. playing the Lakers that day. And I woke up and my aid from my pregame nap and my agent had texted me and and just asked if I had heard about it. And then I looked it up and it and it was what it, it was what it was. I mean, it, Bledsoe is a is a great player. Um, happy for him, but I knew at that point, now I gotta take my game to another level. I ended up having a great game against the Lakers. I wanted to prove to the management team, like, you you guys, you you should have paid me. Um and you know, after that, you know, things just sort of fell into place. I think everybody sort of understood what that meant. Um, people were still shocked I got out of restricted free agency because when you're a restricted a free agent and you have a really good, se really good season on a very successful team, that team usually doesn't let you go. Um, but I think it was a product of how bad Indiana wanted me. And also my agent, David Falk, is, has, you know, he negotiated it perfectly and, and did a great job with that. So, you know, it, it, it worked out for me really well. And now you're in a situation with another guy from the DMV and Victor Oladipo, who is coming back from, I mean, one of the most gruesome injuries we've ever seen with just his quad tearing. I mean, I think the only other guy we remember in history having that is Charles Barkley, and he didn't come back from that. So for Vic, take us through that process, being his teammate, seeing him trying to come back from that. Like you said, you had the foot injury when you were in college. What was it like for him mentally? Uh, where do you think you guys can go when he came back defensively just having you two guys in the backcourt. Um, I think me and Vic can be great together. I think this season has been so up and down for us. Um, we got off, the team got off to a really rough start, maybe losing the first four or five games. And then after that, we started playing really good basketball um, and had some, and then had some injuries, people out, people coming back, um, was rough. Then Victor came back and he's such a dynamic piece. He's such a um, impactful player the team struggled because guys' roles were minimized. That's just what it was. He's a big as an all-star. People are going to come back. They're going to have to understand that their role's going to change when he comes back. Um, and, and the team struggled. Just the chemistry struggled, which was, which was you know, um, expected. But, um, you know, once Vic gets his feet wet, which he was doing, you know, the last couple games of the season, he was really hoping 
we're we are going to be great. I think we have the pieces. Not just me and Vic. I think me and Vic are going to be great. We'll be the best defensive backcourt in the NBA, and offensively, we're going to be very, very good at high level. Um, but I think we have another All Star in Domas. We have Miles Turner. I think he's the best shot blocker in the league. And then T.J. Warren, who is incredibly, I think, slept on and uh, super efficient scoring the ball. So I think we have pieces, man, to be to be very, very good to make a deep playoff run. Um, it's just about staying healthy. This 82 game season is no joke, and um, we just have to we have to figure it out. We have to take care of our bodies and and you know have a little bit more luck on our side. All right, Malcolm Brogdon, the show is called Step to the Mic. So it's about that time for you to step to the mic. We're going to ask you a few hard-hitting questions. I'm going to hit you with a few. First one's going to burn a little bit, but let me see how you answer. All right? Bigger game. Championship, ACC tournament championship against Duke or the Elite Eight loss to Syracuse that could have sent you to the Final Four? The Duke win. Tell me why. Um... Winning feels better than losing, one. Um, beating Duke in that moment was huge. Uh, I think that's the only time in my whole career I beat Duke. Uh, and that, that, was, we, that was the beginning of our climb. That was the beginning of us taking a giant step and becoming a national contender for a title. And that was one of the best feelings in the world. All right, fantastic. Couple of uh, iconic spots: one in your hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, right? Another one in Charlottesville, Virginia. Greasy spoons. Better spot to get a greasy, greasy meal: the Varsity in Atlanta or the white spot in Charlottesville? Ooh, man, I gotta go with the Varsity, man. <laughs> I gotta go with the Varsity. <laughs> Are you ride for the Varsity? <laughs> I'm right. I gotta ride for Atlanta, man. Come Gus on. Burger, all right, Gus Burger or what at the varsity? What are you gonna top the Gus Burger with at the varsity? Man, the varsity used to when I was in middle school, the varsity used to have these wings, these hot wings, man, that were, you know, they were off the chain. So I man, I gotta go with the varsity. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Toughest opponent that you faced in college and then the NBA. Um college. Uh, uh, who's super tough in college? Jabari Parker. I didn't really guard Jabari, but I remember looking at Jabari and the stuff he was doing because we had a kill guard and a kill guarded him well. But Jabari Akeel, was still Akeel like, locked him up in the tournament, especially in the tournament. He locked him up, but when we played him earlier. Jabari was a monster, and I had never seen a guy that big move with that quickness, that speed, athleticism, that skill. Um, so I'd say Jabari was the best college player I had witnessed in person. Um, and then the NBA, sort of my welcome to the NBA moment was Russell Westbrook. He was so fast. He was so vicious. He was so um, just dynamic when I played him. He was relentless. Every possession that was like, once he smelled blood in the water, he was going at you every time. And uh, talking mess, I mean, doing all that. So it's probably Russell Westbrook, you know, when I first got into the league. All right, so... Coaches Niang probably is still in jail from how you locked him up in that uh, tournament game in Sweet 16. <laughs> yeah. I really haven't seen much or heard much from him. I know he's floating around the NBA, but I'm sure when he sees you, he has night chances. You straight up put him in a lockdown in that tournament game. All right, so uh, let's see here. Uh, what's your best game that you say you had in, 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 uh, in college? I would say that my second season at UVA against Pittsburgh, 
So that was the game. Pittsburgh was ranked number 21, I think. And we weren't ranked at all. We were having a good season up until then, but they were our first big challenge, and it was going to be hard to beat them. They had a guy in Lamar Patterson that was going to get drafted in the second round that year. I mean, they had some hype around them. And, the, you know, it's hard to play in that, in that arena. Um, but we were on the rise, and it was a game. I had a really good dunk in it. I think I only scored maybe 16, 18 points. I had a really good dunk in the game on somebody, and then um, I hit the game-winning shot. And hitting the game-winning shot was something I've never done before. I've made clutch shots. I've made clutch free throws. But hitting it literally at the buzzer is, you know, that's uh, stuff you dream about. That's stuff you really want to do. But, you know, it rarely happens for people. But to do that against a team like that and the momentum we were carrying after that, because then we started, we were ranked after that game. And, you know, we took off. So that I think that's my, my favorite game. All right. So uh, here we go. In the same week, I believe this was in your rookie season, I believe you dunked on LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in the same week, if, that, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. <laughs> Which was the better dunk? Or who did you enjoy dunking on the most? Oh, LeBron. LeBron. LeBron's the man. He's the man. I, uh, I remember doing it and sort of being shocked that I did it. And I didn't – it sort of didn't register with me until I ran back on defense. We called it – or they called it timeout. And I went back to the huddle, and my teammates weren't even focused. They were, like, pushing me around and, like, messing with me the whole huddle because um, they were excited. And the Dwayne Wade dunk was – that happened after the LeBron one. And that was more of a quick one I threw. He thought he – he thought he, he didn't think I was going to dunk it because I was going up with my left hand. And I threw it in when he, when he was jumping. So it wasn't as, um, as impressive as the LeBron one. But, you know, they were – those are things I always remember because those guys are legends. They're Hall of Fame. They're – um, guys I have a lot of respect for. Winding it down here. Everybody wants to know, you know, what players are listening to to get themselves motivated to play. In your, in your uh, musical Rolodex, what are you bumping on the regular uh, when you're either riding around, you know, riding around uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, or in your, at home, or what are you bumping on Spotify? Uh, let me know your top three Top three artists that you're rocking with? I listen to a lot of big, big crit. Um, before games, I listen to a lot of Jeezy. Um, and then just because he's a he's a close friend, I listen to a lot of Boz. That's my guy. He's 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 talented. He's with J Cole's uh, label. Okay, solid, solid, solid. Michael Brogdon, appreciate you stepping to the mic and talking with us today. It's been fantastic, man. Wish you continued success. Please tell your family I said hello. Your brothers, I know they're still rocking with you hard. Now, both sure. of them lawyers? Both, both, of them lawyers? both of them are lawyers. They're both in Atlanta. All right. Now, I'm sorry. Last question just made me think about this. You and I talked about it. If basketball, when basketball is over or if it didn't work out for you, which we know it already has, you did have an aspiration to do something internationally, public policy? Yep. So I got my master's in public policy. and. You know, for me, public policy is all policy in general. Laws, uh, policies have been the way to really um, implement change and to uh, transform people's lives, especially in third world developing countries. And uh, with my foundation, with my, you know, water initiative, I have an education initiative, you know, policy will be the way that I'm able to do that. And, um, you know, if I'm not playing basketball, I'm going to be working full time on my foundation. I'm going to be traveling the world to, um, Africa, all over Africa, South America, all these third world countries, but also I love to travel. That's just like my pastime. 
So I'll be traveling and I'll be helping people. See why they call you the president, Malcolm Brogdon. Thanks for hanging out with us on Step to the Mic, man. We appreciate you. Thank you, fellas. I appreciate it.